Hello and welcome to another episode of El Gover the Podcast. I'm Abdullah. I'm Tom. And uh, this is a weird one. This is uh, this is probably going to be one of our weirdest episodes we've ever recorded because it's been a slow news day. And when and if you're if you're um, if you're into slow news or if you look at entertainment news, which is what we, we usually cover on here because we we you know avoid politics and religion for obvious reasons. Uh when whenever there's a slow news day, a lot of shit articles start popping up. Yeah, and we'll get to that towards the end. But uh, I want to talk about something that's uh, that's actually depressing. First of all, and that is uh, Andrea Romano has announced her retirement. And for those who don't know who Andrea Romano is, she is one of the she's a legend in the voice acting in in the animation industry because she's directed. Uh, she's voice directed a lot of um, animated productions. Yeah, one I mean, one of her most famous one was getting high profile people to voice in Batman the animated series. Probably one of the earliest experience I've heard her heard about her, and she brought in like all these famous people to voice these characters in the Batman the animated series. For instance, you know, that's the reason why we had the likes with Mark Hamill and so on, etc. You know, I still think one of my favorite stories from the production of Batman the animated series was. They originally wanted Tim Curry as the Joker, but he was too scary. <laughs> That's still amazing. I don't care. I want to hear those voice reels. I, I doubt that they got them anymore, but it would be so cool to hear those. That's that's that, and and keep that in mind compared to what we got with Hamill and how fucked up he turned out to be. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's what I mean because uh, she also was it done um, casting for multiple of the DC Universe original movies. Um, another big project she worked on was Avatar: The Last Env- um, Last Airbender, Animaniacs, and also the original Ducktales show as well. Yeah, I mean she she knows how to get the best performance out of her um, out of her actors. Oh yeah, definitely. And was she from? Was she the casting director? Was she the voice director on Pro- on Transformers Prime, or was that someone else? I can't remember, but I know she done, um, I think she works on um, the current um, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles cartoon as well. I think that's someone else. I don't know. I'm just going to check check her credits because she, she has a long list of uh, credits. What do I mean? She's done over 40 TV shows. She has worked... Um, I mean, she worked in television show, films, video games, just to give you an idea. Our most recent work was called Voltron, the legendary um, Defender, the uh, Netflix show. Oh, she did that? I did not know. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's... something. Oh, that's... And and she did Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles um, for Nickelodeon as well. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, she she, she did... uh... She did the recent... recent... Yeah, she did... um... She did uh, TMNT... Puss in Boots for Netflix, Voltron for Netflix. She did quite a few things for Netflix, if I'm not mistaken. Oh, she did Turbo, Turbo Fast. Oh my God, she was the voice director for Batman vs. Robin. Are you serious? Wow. <laughs> uh, well, I mean, she's done countless DC original films. And again, she's always been had a good relationship with Warner Brothers, to be honest. Well, I mean, they, they always get her to do the voice directing for their stuff, which is kind of weird seeing her not do, not do voice directing for her, um, for, for whatever. Oh, yeah, I forgot she was in the boondocks, and she is actually on the commentary for, 
for one of the Boondocks season one episodes. Oh, well, that was funny. It's funny because everyone else is trying to talk about everything, something else. And she's trying so goddamn hard to talk about voice acting and, 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 and the main, the main, uh, Regina Hall, I think her name was the woman who did the voice of Hugh, of, um, of, of Riley and Huey. And she's trying so hard to make it about that, but everyone else is just talking about other shit. It's so hilarious. Oh, they always get derailed on those scenes. They're always so, so funny. Um, no, I mean, um, she did make a, um, a farewell speech to her retirement and, um, it's it's a good it's a good little farewell speech I have to say and um, it goes like this <clears throat> it's that she said doing this job working with all these wonderful people have been my um, ultimate blessing I couldn't have hoped to spend the past three decades with a better group I truly be the luckiest person on earth yep that was the statement to retirement. I mean, I'm just looking up her credits and oh my, she's done so much. She's done so much stuff I've actually watched as a kid. It's, it's unbelievable. Like, I mean, she pretty much like, um, during our generation and probably the generation before us, if you hear someone, uh, being cast on a show, show, she's more likely would have cast that person or woman or man, child, you name it. She would be in charge of it. I mean, she has worked, has span more than 1600 episodes of tv and she was her first uh her first uh voice directing credit is uh ironically enough ducktales the movie treasure of the lost lamp and uh her first show was chip and uh, chip and dale's rescue rangers and then and then after that she did oh she did uh both ducktales and chip and dale rescue ranger so those were her first shows um voice directing yeah, that that would make sense. But those two shows were mainly twined with each other. Yeah. The- Except one of them went on to be successful, while the other one got cancelled after one. Well, I think one season. <clears throat> guess guess which one's which. <laughs> it still makes me laugh that the the funnest fun fact about Chippendale was it. Um, they were both um, both of their designs for Chippendale were both based off like famous iconic. 80s um, characters was it Chip was based off uh, Indiana Jones and Dale was based off um... Magnum P.I. Yeah, that's it yeah which is weird he just had the Hawaiian shirt and he didn't have mustache <laughs> well <laughs> I think I think they didn't give him the mustache because one it would um, it would different it, it would it would differentiate the character designs too much and two they already had Monterey Jack on the show so yeah and to be fair they um they did make him wear sunglasses now and again so it's close enough plus i i do like the character design on that show because they actually did make them look a little bit different facially but still keep keep them you know twins yeah um, but no, I think her career, she's just a legend of the business and I, I, you know, I salute her. She has done fantastic work and I hope that, uh, that, that, uh, that, 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 uh, that whoever DC picks to replace her for, for their shows, um, lives up to her, it lives up to her legacy. Yeah, definitely. 
so yeah um andrea romano everybody um you know if you if you grew up watching any show from the 90s chances are she would have been the voice director um moving on to much sadder news um we lost another. We lost another. We lost another legend in the voice acting industry, and that is June Foray. And for those who don't know, June Foray was the voice of uh, Rocky the Flying Squirrel, and Natasha in the Rocky and Bullwinkle show. And yeah. she unfortunately passed away a month, two months before her one hundredth birthday. Yeah. And I've been watching. Um, all the Magic of the Duck, uh, Magic of the Spell episodes of DuckTales, and I, I forgot just how great she was in that role. Oh yeah, she was fantastic in that role, and and she really got into it, like she really got into the role, and 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 she made that character memorable. I honestly think it's going to be really tough for her, for for her. Um, for a successor to to live up to her to her legacy, because she, uh, wow, she she, um, she, you know, her successor has a lot of big shoes to fill, and it's going to be hard. But I I know that that whoever they pick to voice Magic in the reboot, um, does a great job. Oh yeah, definitely. I I think so too. I mean, I mean, um, the last time she played that role was back when they did the remastering of the Ducktail video game um, done by Capcom, and she sounds spot on back then. You, you know, um, it is a shame that she has passed away. But again, she lived a long, good life, so you can't really complain about that. And she's done tons of minimal roles for many generations, for many children, through many different childhoods. And um, I just think that, that would I'm glad that people recognize her for her talents and also for her tribute to the act, voice acting community and also to the genre of media, cartoons and voice acting. Yeah, I know she was she was unfortunately the last of la, the last living. Well, she was the last living uh, member of the classic era of cartoons. Yeah. And now they're all but gone, <laughs> which is unfortunate. That would mean a good sight. Um, the only one that's left yeah, is the only one that's left living now. It, the only two left that are living now are Peter Cullen and Frank Welker. Yeah, that's kind of scary when you think about it. I know. <laughs> it's just, it's just we're losing these people every day, and it's sad. It really is because these people have been around since way before I was born and it's 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 weird to think that 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 I grew up with June as 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 granny I used to watch the western Tweety mystery she was granny on that she's been granny on countless Looney Tunes shorts and she was the official voice of granny for for god knows how many years until until her retirement in in 2014 mm-hmm. and she did she did come back to voice Granny in, in the Looney Tunes show, which I thought was a really nice touch. And I really like the episode where where she talks with she talks about being a spy in World War Two with um, with Daffy. I thought that was a really funny and heartwarming episode, and a really great tribute to to the Granny character and and June June's career as a whole to be quite honest cuz she was just unforgettable and she was she was pretty much the female Mel Blanc you know cuz she did 
her line of credits just go on for ages and and she was just a one of the kind lady that will never be replaced yeah i mean um you just have to go through a career and a cinematography what she does i mean she's worked in radio worked in film worked in television she's done some live action stuff as well and that's what i mean it's like if you grew up like oh god dating to back from like the fifth um, pretty much from the 50s onwards to probably now you more than likely would hear hear heard her voice being in something or somewhere over the years and, and yeah and she was Rocky in in that awful Rocky and Bullwinkle movie, ugh. Prop, well, prop, props to her to come back and do that. You, you know, <laughs> she still did the voice until she died, which is amazing to yeah. think that. I mean, how many actors, how many voice actors can you say they voiced their own character until they they died? You know. Yeah. I mean, that's dedication to the art. I know. <laughs> Very few people do that. I think the only other exception is, again, Frank Welker. Frank Welker has been Fred since the goddamn 70s, and he has, he has he's not shown signs of stopping anytime soon. No, he, he, I think he's going to be the same as... Um, he's he's going to be the same. He's going to be doing this until... Uh, it's sad to say. He's going to be doing this until he dies. <laughs> you know? God, I don't, I don't even want to picture a world without Frank. That's just heartbreaking. Yeah. But anyway, on to more, more, more pleasant news. Dunkirk beat Dunkirk beat the shit out of the Emoji movie, and I'm fucking glad. Yeah, it's, it's like it was, it's like the biggest oh really moment, you know? It's like we also it coming. It's like basically when the Emoji movie got announced, there was this. I think there was this universal hatred for it because they're like, you know what? We're not going to have this because we have gone past this whole thing now. We're sick and tired of seeing corporate ads, movies, shoved in our face. Because, be honest, the movie going out is a lot more smart than it was like 20, 30 years ago, you know? And we don't want to see these things shoved down our throat. We don't want to see time product. The best way to describe the MOG movie is essentially The Wizard, the modern-day wizard. It was trying to advertise everything Nintendo-related, but this was trying to advertise everything Internet-related. And I think that's the problem. I mean, that you bring up a good point in that we've grown tired of... We're not stupid anymore. We can tell what, what's an actual movie and what's just one giant ad for fucking emojis and Candy Crush and all this other shit. That's my biggest problem with the with the Angry Birds movie. It was just one giant ad for Angry Birds, and I'm like, this is just horseshit. You're basically... That's that entire movie, folks. I've seen the Angry Birds movie on, on television, and I'm like, wow, this is just one giant ad for the fucking video game. What do you mean? What do you mean? The MOG movie, um, again, they have... Basically, the whole movie is basically this one MOG discovering can do different emotions, and they go through the phone with a character called Jailbreak, which is not a fucking emotion, by the way. <laughs> and it gets better. They go through the phone by going to different apps. Candy Crush being one of them. They go to YouTube. They go to Tumblr. I mean, they go to Reddit. Um, they didn't get the rights to Twitter, but they even stayed to have a point when they write a little bluebird. So, yeah, there you go. And the whole plot is them to get to Dropbox so they can get sent out of the phone. 
which doesn't work that way. But <laughs> if, if you know anything about fucking technology, it doesn't work that way. Well, it, it is, this film is just, uh, it's pretty much like, it started with bad representation because uh, it had a massive stigma because um, I'm not going to, well, there's still no evidence to, there kind of is, but there isn't, that this film got made because that the Sony did not want it to do, well, essentially they did not want it to do um, the Popeye movie. And during the um, email hacking, when Sony got, when information got revealed, um, apparently the Popeye film, commercially, it received very, very well within within the company. A lot of the producers, even Avi Arad, who was one of the big producers at Sony and in charge of all their fucking toy division, said, oh, this we can make a lot of money off this. There was one person <laughs> that saw it and basically boycotted it. You're, guess who it is? Pascal! <laughs> yeah, Amy Pascal. Um, her excuse was that um, the brand awareness, um, brand awareness of Popeye Popeye is a comic strip character. Yeah. No one owns Popeye. Yeah. Well, I mean... There is a rights holder for Popeye for distribution. Um, basically, you have to pay the right to dispute, um, dis- um, distribute the character out within a company. But I think he's a royally free character. I'm not sure he no, is. No, or... no, he isn't. But, but he he's is a, a recognizable character. Yeah. Everyone knows who fucking Popeye is. You know. And it's sad because if you look at the test footage they showed and had they had Gindy come out and talk about it being his passion project, that that's heartbreaking to think that, that he put all his effort into into creating something he was proud of. And let's be honest, he only took the job for for directing, you know, Hotel Transylvania one and two because he was promised a Popeye movie. What did he get in return? Nothing. But yeah, because of all that happening, and the stigma came around saying that Popeye got cancelled because the MOG movie. I'm not saying that is the case, but it's... Without being biased here, it comes off as that way, and it heavily implies it. And, well, it basically the industry basically were like, no, Screw this. We are not accepting this. It's like people in the industry were, were pretty much turned their back on this film. The um, the audiences knew what's happened, what's going on, and they turned their back on it. I mean, it's like, I mean, when you get websites that tell you specifically, do not take your kids to go and see this film, it will make make them done. You know there's something wrong. I know, and it's not like... It's not like to. I mean, again, I don't read critic reviews because, again, biased bullshit. I, I tend to avoid that. I tend to form my own opinion these days when it comes to movies. But even I have to agree with with most of the critics. This is like the one time I think I agree with modern critics in that this is just a bread. This is just one giant ad. And by going to see this movie, you are just promoting more advertising in in movies. And I don't, and I don't think that that should be, that should be allowed. I'm fine with product placement here and there, but an entire movie that's nothing but product placement? No, I'm not okay with that. 
I, I, I already give the theater enough shit for, for making me sit through goddamn ads instead of trailers because they know everyone watches trailers on their computers nowadays. I, I don't want to see an entire movie that's nothing but ads, okay? I don't want to get off my, my ass, go to the movie theater, pay, pay my money, pay my overpriced fucking ticket, go in and, and, and watch a fucking half hour, one, one, an hour and 30 minute commercial for Twitter or Facebook or whatever. I don't want to see that. I'm sorry. Yeah, that would mean a lot, a lot of people have been comparing it unfavorably to it's a rip off the Lego movie Inside Out and Wreck It Ralph for that matter. And they kind of are right, um, are right in that sense that it's like it's trying to cash in on those type of movies, which all three, um, all three of those films I've just mentioned, the Lego movie Inside Out and Wreck It Ralph, perform very, very well at the box office. And this is the reason why this movie got fast tracked to being made. But the thing is, those movies told the story. Yeah. They weren't. Inside Out wasn't there to say, hey, kids, buy our shitty merchandise when you're done. It told the story. Same thing with the Lego movie. The Lego movie wasn't a giant commercial for fucking Legos. It was. It told an actual story. And, and same thing with Wreck-It Ralph. Wreck-It Ralph wasn't telling everyone, telling these kids, hey, you know, you like so-and-so, right? Um... Buy, buy, buy the game, buy this game, buy that game. There was no, Sonic didn't show up with it, with a copy of, of Sonic Generations in his hand in that movie, you know? Yeah. <laughs> it's like, come on. And, and even the characters they did focus on, they were just cameos. Cause they knew if they show, if they had like Sonic or whoever playing a major role, then you, then they would get shit on because then it would be clear that they're being biased, and that mm-hmm. they were trying to sell you a, to sell to sell kids a product. And that's that's the thing that I really find disgusting about this movie is that it's trying to sell kids products. Yeah, and I I can't I can't defend that. I'm yeah. fine with toy commercials. Okay, I'm fine with with you selling kids toy commercials. But I'm not fine with you selling them shit like Facebook, Reddit, and and Tumblr. Okay, those are sites that no kids should ever go to because they are they are filled with disgusting communities, and and just no that those are sites that that no kid should ever go to, especially Tumblr. Oh my God, no! Keep your kids away from fucking Tumblr. Okay, just no, just just no. So yeah, um, I mean the MOG movie it voided uh, basically it got a lot of heat to lead up it, but my god, the advertising for it they had to pull that quickly. Did you hear what happened with the advertising? Oh, what happened? Okay, right. The controversy with this um, it actually won award um, on this website um, on Horror Freak News um, award called What Were You Thinking Award for advertising. So they decided to try to advertise this film with tie-in things. So basically they make mock posters of a previous well-known properties. Like, it's, it's been done before multiple times. I think the Muppet movie done it. Um, comic books have done it when they parody um, famous movie posters, you know? Uh, SpongeBob did it as well. Yeah, exactly, you, you know. So, good idea in theory. Their choice for a reference, however, missed the mark by miles. 
So what they did, um, they decided to... Um, you ever heard a show on Hulu called The Handmaiden's Tale? Oh, no. So for those who don't know what The Handmaid's Tale is, it's based on a best-selling novel. Um, the series is set in Glendon. A, um, it's basically in a society of part of America and basically when fascism basically ruins the print and basically suppress women and force them to be slaves. They decided to take the poster for that and put the MOG um, smiley face on it and retitle it as a smartphone original, the MOG's tale. <laughs> oh my god. Um, no one let Sony get away with this and pulled it off Twitter immediately because of it. And they didn't release any of the other ones. I mean, I thought Spongebob doing a Fifty Shades of Grey poster was risque, but... At least Nickelodeon didn't fucking promote that everywhere, you know? <laughs> yeah. I mean, it is literally... I mean, you can look it up. It's like, what were you thinking? Oh, yeah, I saw this. This was just... Wow, that this was just disgusting. Yeah. It's like, what are you trying to do? What are you trying to... Who are you trying to sell this to? It is really, really bad. And quite frankly, nobody should like... Um, this is me being extremely biased, but nobody likes the MOG movie. I, I'm guaranteed there would be people out there that probably do, but if you do, you really shouldn't. This is not a good film. It's a really bad film. And you know what? If you take your kids to go and see it, you know what? <laughs> Well, you're a terrible yes, parent. <laughs> really shouldn't. We do. You seriously don't really value your kids' enjoyment. I mean, it's like, like some of the posters they made as well. Um, like, for instance, um, have you seen the billboards they made? Oh, God. Like, for, each, for instance, they um, they had this big orange one say, get ready to poop icon, trousers, and then they got the date. Yeah, I saw, I saw that. It's like, what are you even trying to fucking sell? Yeah, or the other one. Shit happens. There's another one. The poop icon it happens. Yep, that's the character poster for the character of poop. <laughs> yeah. And they just have a... They just have one... One of them was just a random devil emoji and saying, it's good to be bad. Yeah, or the and, other one is saying, hand... Oh my god! Yeah. Oh. oh, high five! Get it? Because yeah. he's a fucking high five. Yeah. <laughs> I feel so sorry for Patrick. You, you, you know what's so funny? Patrick Stewart would cast so late, late to be in this film. Because if you go back, that was Tom Kane, by the way. If you look yeah. at the original trailers, it was Tom Kane who did the voice of Poop. But because so, it, but because it's Sony, <laughs> but because it's Sony. <laughs> They they thought okay, let's just get a big name celebrity in there for just good measure because you know people are stupid, right? And, and we need to we need to we need to have fucking big name celebrities in these movies because otherwise no one's gonna see them. And, and if you and if you think that, then you're a fucking idiot because kids don't fucking care who's in these fucking movies. So they said okay, take take Tom Kane out, replace him with Patrick Stewart. 
and it backfired horribly because Did you see the, the, what was it the release what was it like the press photos and stuff like that of um of Patrick Stewart was it like like the opening of, of this film on on the red carpet Oh god I love that meme where he just looks so goddamn depressed <laughs> Yeah he just looked dead inside He's like yep I was in Logan Yep. <laughs> it's really, really hard to imagine. Earlier this year, he was in one of the, regarded as one of the best films of the year, and gone to play in one of the, play a character in one of the worst films of the, no, probably the worst film of the year. I don't think anyone, anything, anything's going to be worse than this. Hands down, this is the worst fucking, fucking movie ever made. And I apologize, and I just want to send out an apology to Food Fight and Top Cat the Movie. You are no longer the worst, two worst animated movies ever made. <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah. So, yeah, uh, Sony. Yeah, again. <laughs> Who else but Sony? Better, Sony. Hope, better hope the goddamn Dark Tower does really good. Otherwise, you're fucked. Yeah. Well, they're getting a share of that Spider-Man movie, right? So they're going to stay afloat for a little while. But even oh god, that's even funnier when you look at it. It's it it grossed less than 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 Amazing Spider-Man two on its opening weekend. Yep. Yep. See what happens, Sony. You 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 just create this toxic environment that anything that shows up with your logo on it, people don't don't want to see it. They don't even care if it's Marvel that's that's making the movie. It's like, yeah, it's Sony. I don't want to pay these fuckers money. And you no, shouldn't. You, and you no, shouldn't. No, no, even Spider-Man Homecoming. Um, yeah, um, that is doing well, but it's not making as much money as everyone thought it was going to make. And why is that? Because it's, uh, it's still Sony. tied to Sony. And people don't want to support Sony with their wallets, especially after Ghostbusters. You know? And how they... Fucking handle that. Yeah, I'm, I mean, I'm just glad Aim Pascal is no longer executive producer with Sony. Um, damage are damage already been done. Nothing they can do to get to get their fucking. Nothing they can do. Nothing they will do will will ever will ever save them. They've already dug yeah. their graves. They're they're done. They're fucking done. Just stick to video games, honestly. It's just a waste of money. It's like... What do I mean? They're wasting money. It's like, have you heard what they've done recently? Oh, what? The the Men in Black 21 Jump Street crossover? Oh, no, they bought Funimation. They bought a few stock. They essentially own Funimation. Oh, no. Why? It obviously, you, you, you know what they're doing. They're going to, what they're going to do, they're going to liquidate their assets in Sony Animation and they're going to focus all their animation product with Funimation now. Oh, you cocksuckers. You <laughs> fucking cocksuckers. It's, it's obvious. Give, I'll tell you right now, give it until when the Spider-Man animated film comes out. I think that's supposed to come out next year. If that bombs, they're going to liquidize their whole entire animation division. And just leech off Funimation? 
Yeah, Funimation. Yeah. That that's horrifying. I did. I'm. I mean, I'm not the biggest Funimation fan. I mean, they've they've done all, some some questionable dubs here and there, but even they deserve better than this. Why would you make a deal with Sony? Why? What I mean, the thing is that they brought a, a large. Um, they basically brought um, acquire major stock in Funimation. So technically, they are the majority shareholder of of Funimation. Oh God. That's how it works within the stock market, unfortunately. Fuck. Basically, to give you an idea, Sony Television is increased its footprint in the anime in anime space with a deal to pay 143 million for 95 of Japanese animation distributor of Funimation. So they are 95 percent of the company. So this these include proper titles such as Dragon Ball Z, Cowboy Bebop, One Piece, My Hero. Um, Academia and Attack on Titan. Titan, yeah, there you go. So they they basically know their division is in the shitter, so they have to leech out someone else to keep afloat. Yeah. Okay, fuck off, fuck off and die. Hope I hope I hope I really hope Sony's entire movie and and television division dies. Fuck it, they deserve no pity. Fuck them. <laughs> and with yeah. that being said. Let's move on to the other movie news. <laughs> yeah, because I don't, I don't want to talk about Sony anymore. Please. Yeah, let's move on the next one. Um, apparently, someone at Disney still wants to make a, a Nightmare on Elm Street. Uh, no, not Nightmare on Elm Street. Shit, <laughs> Nightmare Before Christmas. <laughs> it's like, the next summer blockbuster, a Nightmare on Elm Street. Hey, kitty, come here. <laughs> oh God! It's, it's all the family wants to see. Oh god. Um Well I mean they probably would. I mean they would probably buy the rights and, and distribute it under their other companies. If they they've done they've done that with Sin City. Trust me. They they did that with Sin City. I'm not kidding. Look that up. Well again, they did own Miramax at one point and so they did have the rights to um, Pulp Fiction at one point. Yeah, I know. <laughs> but uh they they still uh they still want are going ahead with making Nightmare Nightmare Before Christmas uh, too. Yeah, I. That would mean this. This new store came out of nowhere. Cause I think this was mentioned at a, um, a Tokyo um, convention by um, one of one of the one of the people that worked on the film, and I think it's um, someone quite higher up as well. They were talking about. Um, yeah, they talked about it at um, Tokyo Pop. Um, convention and uh, apparently the night before Christmas um, zero journey to be written by Tokyo Pop's um, founder so they're talking about a sequel well I don't, I don't know honestly I think I mean Nightmare Nightmare uh, Before Christmas is, is just one of those movies that survive is that that's more popular when it comes to merchandising than it is with the actual movie because the actual movie itself Ain't that good? I'm sorry, it really isn't. Yeah. Well, I mean, they're talking about they want to do a sequel in the comics, but... Knowing Disney, they'll never suffice with just a comic book. No, it's like one of those things. It's like, if they were going to do this, they were going to do a film, and this, to me, sounds like they want... They're trying to amp up to do a sequel film again. And... Will it happen? 
No, probably not. You know, in 2001, creative slash producer Tim Burton um, convert with Disney to cancel planned CGI um, sequel to the film, you know? And plus, and, C- and plus, they did Frankenweenie, which didn't do mu- didn't do well with box office, and yeah, yeah. And also, as well, there was supposed to be a sequel of sorts um, did in twenty fourteen. However, um, however, um, with the video game, the Nightmare Before Christmas, Oogie's Revenge, um, with input from Tim Burton. Originally, that video game was meant to be the sequel, but it got um, that was that video game was meant to be the film, but it got turned into a video game instead. Oh yeah, <laughs> I remember that. Yeah, that was a weird game. <laughs> it's like, hey kids, remember Nightmare Before Christmas? Here's a video game of it now. <laughs> in yeah. two in two thousand four. Okay. On on the PlayStation two. I know. <laughs> it's like okay then. <laughs> Who are you? What are you trying to promote, Disney? Because um. I don't think anyone, any any kids know what Nightmare Before Christmas is. No, it's one of those weird things. I think kids won't know what it is, but I would say when 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 kids of today become more teenagers, they will see Nightmare Before Christmas stuff all around them because, to be quite frank, it's one of those films that always gets played every single time when Christmas or Halloween comes around. And it always gets advertised with tons, and I mean tons, of merchandising everywhere for it. Like I said, it's a movie that lives on merchandising more than anything else, because the movie itself, I've seen it, it's not very good, I'm sorry. I mean, there's some really cool, memorable bits in it, but it's one of those films that, it's 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 a reason why it's a why it's a cult favorite. It has some very memorable characters and very me- memorable music too, and also it was a claymation thing as well. That's probably one of the big big reasons why it's so well remembered in that sense. I and mean, be- I I'll be honest. I mean, the character designs, the animation, the stop motion is really great. Some of the songs are really cool, but as a whole, the movie is just not very good. The story's very. Generic. I don't want to say simple. Generic yeah. as all hell. <laughs> I'm sorry, it really is. Yeah. It's a very straightforward story. It's probably the best way to put it. I mean, it introduced a lot of cool concepts. I like the idea of like four different um, places you could go to with um, that had that were themed around a holiday. And yeah, and in and in theory, the idea of the pumpkin king leaving his own norm and going to somewhere else and and seeing what they're celebrating and trying to bring that over to to his world, in theory, that's a good idea. But in in execution, it's just not very interesting. Yeah, and the thing is, as well, well, with Night Before Christmas, it's one of the films that it's actually a topic if you ever study media as a subject about Burtonism in films. This oh, it's, film, it's the most Tim Burton movie ever fucking made. Well, the thing is, this film created a lot of those Burtonism in his films and in, that leached off into other films as well, you know? It's like this movie... Created a lot uh, of those. Okay, so... Character who's scary but really a nice guy at heart. Love interest who is scary but is really sweet at heart. Um, yeah. Abusive parent figure... What was it? Uh, scary villain. 
uh, tons of horror references because it's Burton after all. He he loves throwing in his horror references and oh yeah, dark and 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 moody um, atmosphere. Yeah, that's and jagged edges, jagged ed- edges, and weird. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Everything has to have jagged edges in a Burton movie. <laughs> uh, it's very, it's it's also weird when they did Corpse Bride. They tried to make it look. They may try to make that movie look as much as as Burton esque as they could to sell people on it, which is weird because that's that's kind of a thing now where Burton esque is is a thing with like yep. characters who are super skinny and have like wide eyes and and and. And, and and dark clothing and all that stuff. Seriously, look it up. It's a real thing. It's and I'm not. Real. I'm not making it up. I mean, he he is. Um, he is known for. I mean, a lot of people don't know this, but Burton is also an artist, and most of the stuff he draws is very macabre, esque creepy stuff. Oh yeah, definitely. So, will it get made? Probably not. I mean, it'll probably never get made until Burton gives his, his okay go for it. Yep. And let's move on to more. Okay, we moved on. We moved on from from annoying shit to this is this is this is the kicker, guys. This is the one you're all waiting for. Remember when I said at the beginning of this podcast it was a slow news day? And remember when I said during slow news days into the entertainment media writes a shitty fucking article and to to get views and clicks basically by something popular? Well, our good friends at The Guardian have us covered this week with with their wonderful article titled and I shit you not, this is an actual fucking article. Why the lack of Indian and African faces in Dunkirk matters. Oh boy, they're jumping on the bandwagon of um, the whole um, whitewashing in media again. A topic you you uh, you um, got into an argument with with someone. Yes, um, with a friend of mine over it, be revolving around with Ghost in the Shell. Oh boy! Um, like I said, this it just—it's a historical piece. What? The f- Sorry, it, it really does. This really does get me in rage. It's like, right, okay, right. I I, I get where Sony is coming from in the sense of um, there is a reason why there isn't no representation of those necessities in those films in this film. Because it's based on historical fact. But at the same time, why? Why on earth are you bringing attention to it? Because we need something to complain about. Because we can't report the fucking news anymore. We gotta, we gotta get those fucking clicks. We gotta get those clicks, man. Yeah. That would mean, it, it, that would mean it's a historical war film. It's based on Dunkirk. For those who are wondering about Dunkirk, Dunkirk is described in in the UK history as one of the one of the biggest military blunders of all time but it the film wasn't about the military blunder it was more about um it was more about the rescue operation of getting everyone out of that island and you know what 
that was a truly heroic moment that getting all those soldiers off off Dunkirk and to safety that was the the whole point of the film and it wasn't a lot I mean it, it did well uh, but again um my brother and my stepdad seen the film I um, seen the I'm seen the film myself as well and I think my stepdad basically summed this up perfectly with, with Dunkirk the summing up and um, what what it is it's basically the film basically was made for the core of duty generation. It's saying that it's not a bad film, but it doesn't give you any historical value or anything revolving around it to lead up to it. In the sense, it doesn't tell you why are they on Dunkirk? Um, why was there the invasion of France by Nazi Germany? Why were the soldiers stranded in Dunkirk in the first place? There's nothing to to that extension on that level, but hey, I mean, it's that, that I'm, I'm getting off topic here with, with that. But going back to to the article, the article, it's just like why, you you know, um, yeah, there were Royal Indian Army served in the call in the companies, but that was more when the war was actually starting to pick up and it turned into a world war. This wasn't that. This was more about the fact that a bunch of soldiers from the British Army got stranded um, in on, on a small island in France. Yeah. You know, it's something that happened. It, you know... I know I'm going to get a lot of shit for this, but... Last time someone tried to add to... Hollywoodize a, a a movie that happened. We got Pearl Harbor. Oh boy! And you want to know what Pearl Harbor was? Pearl Ooh. Harbor was a Hollywood fucking movie from 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 the get go. It wasn't historically accurate. It was more style over substance. It added fictional characters who did not exist, making the entire thing more insulting, and it was treated like a, a joke. Those soldiers died when 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 um when when Pearl Harbor got bombed. And and they want, you know instead of getting their stories told in a respectable way. We got a Hollywood movie, a Hollywood blockbuster, and I'm not I'm not a fan. Of, I'm not a huge Nolan fan. I ha, I mean I I think that um, I think that he's a polarizing filmmaker. I think he has his strength. I think he has his weaknesses. I'm not a huge fan, I'm, but I'm at the same time I'm not a hater. I think he's a he's an okay director for what he does, and I understand where he wanted to come with this. He wanted to make. Um, a movie that um, is more hopeful than his actual other movies. Because if you look at his other movies, they're depressing. They are really depressing when you really think about the subtext of his films. Like very, very few, very few times does he does he ever give a message of hope in his movies. And I, and and I and I and like I said, I don't agree with the critics most of the time, but I. I but this is the I listened to Mark Kermode's review of the movie and and I agree with him when he where where he comes from when he talks about the tone of the movie, in that Nolan wanted to go away from the nihilistic, from the from the depressing nihilistic um, 
nihilistic worldview that his other films presented and wanted to tell a story about hope. And that's what we got in this movie. And I'm sorry to whoever, to to whatever piece of shit asshole who wrote this article that you can't see that. That you can't see anything beyond a, 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 anything beyond a bullshit ideology. I'm sorry. I'm sorry you can't see anything beyond beyond uh, beyond your own perception of what media should be instead of what media is. This this is what I mean. This whole film, um, basically, this basically this whole article is pretty much just trying to go off the momentum of something that still going on about the whole whitewashing in the media. It, it, it's kind of like, out of all the films you choose, you choose this. And I was just like, no, you just you just don't do that. Again, yes, there, there were... Um, that's what I mean. There were, um, there again, in this film, there was some stuff that um, Nolan did change from um, from fiction to fantasy, um, basically from act to fiction. That's fine. You're going to do that with a film. You're going to have to dramatise it because you're going to want to make a film that going to sell. And this whole, this I mean, the whole operation of Dunkirk was pretty much a bunch of civilians basically getting the soldiers from Dunkirk and getting back to Dover safely and it was a very heroic act, and it, it's. I find it kind of insulting when you're basically trying to bring this whole media, political, policy into this this sort of film like this. It, it's kind of, it's a little bit disrespectful. I find you, you know, like yeah, sure, you can complain about Doctor Strange. Yes, you can complain about, um, you can complain about Iron Fist. But for Pete's sake, you 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 pick basically you decide to use. Dunkirk, a real-life film with real-life people who basically lost their family members and you're basically writing this about it. I know. It's disgusting. So, Fucking it, disgusting. I mean, it's like... There's so many, because, I mean, yes, there were different people that were involved in Dunkirk that just wasn't British soldiers. There were other soldiers apart from British soldiers. We we know that. It, it was focused on a British thing because, one, it was... It was, made, it was meant to be representing the British people and the British culture. That what they were trying to vary in this film. They may have missed, missed some bits out, but you know what? Everyone in this film did a really good film and, and did a really good job. And, um, yeah, it, it annoys me, this article. It really does annoy me. And, and like I said before, it's like you can... You know, bitch about fiction all you want. I'm still not. I'm still gonna just like turn my head and laugh at at you for bitching about fiction and taking it so seriously that you can't enjoy it because you know, oh, a white man is 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 uh you know being portrayed as a hero and and ah you know fucking white people stealing all the roles and all this other shit. But then of course they you know turned a blind eye to to uh, Valkyrie being a black woman now because uh, you know that's okay, right? <laughs> oh. White um, being a white woman, Domino being a black lady. Um, Miss, um, what's it? Um, what, what's his name? Doctor Strange's um, arch nemesis. You know, being uh, a yeah, black guy now. You know, it's like yeah, that's okay. But but like you know, you can't you can't change. You know, you can change any other race you want, but don't make them white. You know, you know, it's just insulting. It really is. It's really fucking insulting and. And it's like, okay, you can, you know, bitch about that all you want in fiction. I'm still going to laugh and point fingers and, and call you an idiot for it. 
But don't. Don't bitch about an actual fucking thing that happened and complain about whitewashing in it. Would you rather yeah. be the entire fucking movie Nazis, you know, crushing, you know, black people's skulls for for a half an hour? Ooh. Really want to see that? <laughs> Is that what you're saying? No, yeah. Uh, I mean, the, the film's done fantastically well, and if you haven't seen it yet, go and see it. Basically, um, the whole film is pretty much told in a um, free perspective thing, the land, the sea, and the air, and it contains little dialogue and yarns, um, strings them again with visual music. It is really well done. I highly recommend it. And if you can, try to see it in IMAX, because this was filmed to be on IMAX 65mm. And it's the large um, format of film stock. And it is impressive to see. It is a very beautifully shot film. And it's one of Christian Nolan's better pieces of work out there. Well, to be fair, anything's better than Dark Knight Rises. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, Interstellar wasn't. Interstellar was on one of those films that was a lightning in a bottle. It's like everyone was talking about it when it came out, and then afterwards, nothing. Oh, I saw that on TV once, and I'm like, wow, this movie is fucking boring. <laughs> yeah, you know. Again, I'm not a huge Nolan fan. I, I I do see his strengths as a director, and I do see his weaknesses. But you know, at the <laughs> same time, you know, at the same time, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna call him the worst or best director that's ever lived because he isn't either. He's just a, you know, he's just a normal filmmaker. And, you know, the moment we stop, you know, saying who's the best and who isn't, then we can truly go into to, to their movies without any, any form of expectation and just for ourselves, which is what I think yeah. we should be doing. Yeah. That's what I mean. No, I mean, if you really, I mean, if you like, if you like Christian Nolan's films, this is one of his better ones that he's done in a long, long time. Again, it, I mean, go and see the film. You will enjoy it. But, again, if you are going to do this whole whitewashing thing, just don't bother with Dunkirk. It's an historical war film on historical facts. This is the reason why you don't have to bring the light. When okay, this is the reason why we don't have Indian, we don't have black, well, whatever race, you know, but... The whole point of it was that it was a historical movie based on historical facts. And it's not a superhero film. It's not like one of these superhero films that come out every single year and people bitch and moan the way on why there's not much representation of Asian, Black, Indian, so on, etc. You know, you can bitch and moan all you want about those, those, those sort of films, but when it comes down to it, it's down to who who casts who in these films, and if they can do the job, they can do the job. I know. <laughs> but when it comes to something like this, you're going to base it on historical fact. It's 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 like, it's like for instance, you do a Winston Churchill film, and you make Samuel Jackson Winston Churchill. Oh, that would be fucking awesome. <laughs> That'd be funny as hell. But it's like, um, okay, lift up your motherfucking hearts, boy. <laughs> I want to see that now. I don't care. I want to see that. Oh God, Samuel L. Jackson and everything. <laughs> I want. Oh God, I want to see that now. Samuel, J- it's it's a World War Two movie, but 
Samuel Jackson is everybody. He's FDR. Yeah. He's Stalin. He's Hitler. He's Churchill. <laughs> he's already played a Nazi before, so. <laughs> I want to see that just like World War Two reenacted by Samuel Jackson. Yeah. Oh my god, that'd be amazing! I, I, I don't care. I want to see that as a comedy sketch or something. <laughs> it's so funny. Oh god, no, no. Um, uh, what was it? Uh, Jackson is Churchill, and and Travolta is FD. <laughs> oh, oh no! Uh. What, what, what next? Jackie Chan is Hitler. <laughs> God, we're so. Oh my God, this episode's going to be so bad. We're going to get so many complaints. <laughs> uh, we're joking, by the way. If you can't fucking tell, you well, know. Yeah, people seem to lose their sense of humor when it comes to opinions on the internet. Oh, I know. <laughs> and speaking of that, let's let's segue into our final topic: Deadpool two. Oh dear. Oh God. Um, Dunkirk was the warm-up round. This is mm. kind of like assembling it down now you know it's like okay you basically announced domino who is a character who has a mutation and her mutation calls her skin to go pale white like a domino what did it do cast a black actress with a large afro as domino where have I seen that character trope before? Oh, nearly every single video game, media, and film, and yeah. When you want to make a badass female black character in a film, they always seem to give them a big black afro and a lot of sass. You know what's sad? Yeah. This this she looks more like Misty Knight than Misty Knight did in the Luke Cage series. Oh God! You 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 know who she reminds me of? Um, uh, you remember um. Um, you remember Gold um, Gold Member in Austin Powers? Oh, Beyonce and in, in, yeah. in, in oh god, <laughs> Beyonce and in, in Gold Member. Oh god, I forgot about that. Oh man, yep, that was the thing. I mean, the, yeah, I mean the post. I mean, the the reveal poster is fine. It, I have no problem with it, but at the same time, it's like. Comic book actually, no, out the window, that's with Fox. Again, it, it, she looks nothing like the character. <laughs> and, and uh, oh my god, I, I I know a minute ago we were just complaining about comic book actor, basically, with whoever playing the race. They, hmm, it's annoying. And it's more insulting when you really think about it, because basically what this is saying is... Black women can't um, can't play any original characters on their own, so they have to give them hand-me-downs from white characters. That's basically what this is. I'm sorry. This is what it is. This is what you do when you create these fucking affirmative action roles. I'm sorry. That's what they are. They're affirmative action roles. Yeah, because isn't, isn't she Caucasian, originally Caucasian in the comics? Yep. But, but I, I know she has the white skin and the black potch because of her X gene. Basically, mutates her skin to be that color, that pale. But yeah. you know, what? Yep. Oh my god. That's what you're saying. It's like because that's what you're doing. You're not creating new characters for these char- for these actors to play. You're basically yep. just creating 
you're just basically giving them hand-me-downs, and that's insulting when you really think about it, because it's basically saying, oh, women and minorities can't play can't play uh, any original roles. They can just uh, take the hand-me-downs from the white guys. That's basically what you're doing, and and you can't and you can't deny that. I'm sorry, you cannot deny that. That's what you're doing when you do stuff like this. I hope to God they don't. I got a very very. I just had a really bad thought now. Oh right. God. Okay. Right. 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 What if in the film her ex gene starts to mutate, and then basically she does turn into more of the comic book accurate character? They won't. They fucking won't. It's Deadpool. Do you think that... Because Ryan Reynolds said he wants to do make it more meme-worthy. Oh, God. They make a Michael Jackson joke out of it. I'm scared that they might be stupid enough to actually do that now. Like, they'll do, they'll do a Michael Jackson joke, or... A, a soul funk joke, or yeah, or they'll probably just, do, they'll probably do reshoots and 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 have Deadpool come Deadpool break the fourth wall and say, "Hey, you're not Domino, you're black," or something like that. To you know, oh god, <laughs> this, is, this is what's gonna happen. I can already feel it. Like they're just gonna bring attention to it in the worst fucking way, and it's just gonna make people cringe. Yeah, you know, uh, that's what I mean. It's it's like it's it's like you said earlier. So like, why? That's what I mean. It's like why do you uh, why do you have to change the identity of a character just so you can cast a thing? Why don't you either create a original character or give the character that the ethnicity originally was? I know Marvel has this thing that changing ethnicity of the characters in different roles. I I, I understand that in the sense, but at the same time, it's like, it's kind of insulting when you basically say, oh yeah, we're going to give you a character, but we're going to give this character originally this ethnicity, but change into this ethnicity. It's almost as if it's like, okay, let's not bother trying to find any black characters in that original genre of that original media, and let's do, just do a white character, but change the ethnicity for it. That's kind of a bad uh, bad example. That's almost as if you say, oh yeah, we're going to do Miles, but we're going to change him to an Asian character because we can't find the same equivalent of an Asian character that's not big as Miles. Yeah, I know. Yeah. That's a bad precedent. A very bad precedent. And that's that's another problem I have with, like, a female doctor in that it's like you're basically not giving... You're not giving... um, you're You're not giving the show... A really positive and great female role model for for young girls. You're basically just giving them hand me down. You're basically telling them, oh, you know, you'll you'll never be you know your own character. You'll just get a hand me down from 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 an old white dude. You'll never be good enough. That's sometimes. the problem. Sometimes work. Like I'm not saying it never does work. Like, again, if, if we're going to compare the superhero films, Samuel Jackson and Nick Fury, that works. But, but... Works, because... They established it for a long period of time beforehand. I know, but that's an exception because it was in the comics. It was Ultimate yeah. Nick Fury. Yeah. It works. That works. But when... You, that's what I mean. It's, it's like, for instance, again, if you go back to Doctor Strange... 
and the main master, uh, the master for Doctor Strange, oh, like the, the, the monk. Again, I know I'm digging up old, old dirt here, but a lot of people complained that the character wasn't Asian. Did you see the original character sign for the character when he was Asian in the comics? In the very, very first day, very, very first comic, the Doctor Strange, it was a stereotypical Asian cartoon character. It was incredibly salty. And secondly as well, it's like going up to a mountain place and went, oh, look, there's an Asian man. Isn't that kind of stereotypical for them to do that? So they turned the whole thing on his head and made it a white female instead? I mean, they're okay with her being female, but, you know, the problem is, again, it's a white female, so it's bad by default. <laughs> oh, hilarious. Hilarious how these people, like, complain about the stupidest shit. Yep. <coughs> and again, it's 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 even more... That's why I can't... I mean, okay, I can let Mordo pass because Mordo was a shit villain to begin with, so I don't... You know, and, and the movie at least tried to flesh out his character, so I'll give him that, you know? But at the same time, it's like... You, you can't complain about whitewashing when you're okay with, with them changing changing other races because to me changing another race is more insulting than whitewashing you know yeah because like i said it's basically telling women and minorities that they'll never be good enough for for a role on their own and they'll just basically need hand-me-downs and that's and that's just wrong that's just horrifying when you think about it i mean the implication of that is just horrifying to tell people that Oh, you'll never be good as so and so, but you know, don't worry. Someday you will get to be Captain America, but you know, you'll never be your own character. You'll always be the second or third guy to be Captain America. And that's insulting. Yeah, that is very, very insulting. And yeah, but but it is what it is. This is the sad world we live in now, where where this stuff is is normal. Is the norm? Hell <laughs> yeah, you're right. You know, this is the norm. It's like, you know, I understand. Look, I understand that they're not going to get everyone right, okay? And I understand they're going to take liberties with the source material, but at the same time, it's like, you can get away with that stuff when it's a really obscure character that no one cares about. But don't, don't, don't do it with a character that with Domino, because Domino's a. Domino became popular because of the Wolverine and the X-Men cartoon when she was a a major character in that. And people loved her in that. Yeah. And, and also the Deadpool video game as well. Yeah, and people loved her character from that. And they're like, oh, we want to see her in a movie. And then you give them this and it's like, what the fuck are you doing? Yep. So, it is what it is. And I hope, I mean, I hope... I mean, it is what it is, and I, I, I can't, I can't really say anything more because it's something we just have to live with now. You know, Valkyrie's a black woman, and 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 Domino's black now. That's just our new normal now. We just have to live with it, and whatever you know, you know, if you want to do this type of shit and to, to diversify your cast, then. Go ahead, you know, I'm not going to support it because it's just basically telling women and, and minorities that they're not good enough to to, to, to play to play uh, roles on their own. We'll but, but, yeah, I know. 
So, you know, whatever, man, you know, <laughs> whatever. This is the world we live in. This is, this is, this is it now. <sighs> and I'm done. I'm done talking about this. Because I have nothing more to add. Do you have anything more to add to this? No. <laughs> yep. So, that's pretty much it for us here at Hello Governor of the Podcast. I know we got a little got a little heated there towards the end, but uh, like I said, slow news day. And when slow news days happen, someone, somebody has to write some garbage clickbait article. So, um, thank you for listening. And... Uh, I'll see you soon, uh, later. Bye-bye.